the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 139, and our guest is Nathan Mongol-Wells. Wells is a singer and songwriter from Dallas, Texas, who is best known as the frontman for his band, Ottoman Turks. He now has a solo debut record, which is absolutely wonderful. It's called From a Dark Corner, and it'll be released on August 18th, 2023. The record, which is produced by John Pedigo and friend of the marinade and Ottoman Turk Joshua Ray Walker, takes more of a country turn than the two Ottoman Turks records that we've been used to from Nathan Mongol Wells. And y'all, I am here for all of it. We caught up with Nathan via Zoom last week for a conversation about the origin of the Turks, navigating life's crossroads, the intricacies of his wonderful new album, and much more. Everyone, it is my great honor to bring you my conversation with Nathan Mongol Wells. There's nothing more to be done, nothing more you can say to me. The past is past a solemn stone. Years of regret as of yet. Hey, hey, hey man. Yeah, I got you. You got me? Good. Yes, I do. Sound good on my end, but sometimes you sound good on my end and then it's not right. So let me just double check headphones, microphone. You sound good, you look good, buddy. Thank you for doing this. I'm looking <laughs> hey, forward to so talking for to me. you. Yeah, uh, and, we, yeah, obviously, we had to put it off, you know, uh, a week, but yeah, uh, it worked out perfectly for now. me. I'm kind of in that like, um, I'm, I'm in between day jobs and so I'm trying to figure out what to do like, uh, with my life. I'm you know, 14 years as an educator and, uh, I'm over 40 now. And like looking at the rest of my life and going, well, I don't want to teach anymore in Florida. Yeah. So <laughs> what am I going to do? Oh boy, and yeah. yeah. So I'm like doing all these things to try to like, make sure I find the right job and then also pay my bills in the meantime. Right. So it ended up working out great that we postponed this a week because it I had shit to do. Plus, it gave me another week with your record, which is wonderful. Nice. Hey, great. Well, way. thank you so much, man. I, honestly, it means a lot that you even listened to it. So I've listened I, to I it. A, I've listened to it a bunch, and Good. um, you know, I've been I've been spinning it pretty regularly, and then today gave it a handful more uh, spins. And and one of the things that I, I'm curious about because it it just this is how it hits me, right? And so I'm curious whether 
it's intentional or whether you were in the same headspace or if it's just as I tend to do projecting what I'm feeling onto I mean, the records I'm listening to. That's how it works, right? That's right? how it's supposed to work. So I think so. And because to me, it sounds like a writer really wrestling with a crossroads in life, really kind of like um, wrestling with something. I think uh, for, for me, what, what I hear is almost like um, both sort of uh, celebrating in some ways, some of the, the, the fun times in terms of like the party and, and the, and the rock and roll. And then also kind of acknowledging like the road doesn't go on forever. And the party does, then the party might end right. at some point. And then it certainly mortally ends at some point and there and mortality yes. comes up uh, more than once on this record. So that's what I hear when I hear this record. And of course I was, I gravitated toward it as a result, but I'm curious if that is intentional, if that's the kind of headspace you were in when writing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, honestly, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, it is all, you know, all the songs kind of directly come from life. Uh, you know, my personal life, obviously, as as I think is the case for most people who write. Um, but even when it's a story or something that's sort of like blown out of proportion or whatever, uh, done up a little bit, it's, it's still based on either personal experience or like my own thoughts and stuff. Um, so it became this sort of like concept album. Um, that is about literally what you said, you know, try uh, taking a step back and assessing like what's sort of going on directly in your life at the moment and, and deciding that maybe you don't like where it's headed and sort of blowing, you know, the nuclear option, blowing everything up, moving to Mexico and figuring things out, uh, both reflecting on the things that you left behind and encountering new things, et cetera. Um, but so while I didn't actually go to Mexico and blow up my life and do things like that, I think, you know, it all kind of, uh, comes from, yeah. I mean, the past probably 10 years of my life, which was getting out of college, you know, finding a job, all the stuff that you're already, that you're, that you're dealing with right now, but the first time you deal with that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, cause I do think we run into that who knows how many times during our lives, probably. Well, that's such a great point. And, and I, I don't know that whoever it is that's given you, you know, the advice that none of us listen to when we're young says these things, you know, and, 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 and talks about it in terms of how many times that will happen in your life. When I right. look back and reflect like how often I have just totally shifted my focus, yep. wh whether it's creatively, personally, uh, career wise, how often that happens. And I, and I think there's like, it's, and one of the things that's great about a record like this, for example, especially art tends to come into your life when you need it. Right. Sure. And like this record coming into my life at this moment is that, um, I've really been trying to lean into that. I think yeah. sometimes there's a tendency, at least for me, and, and I know a lot of folks can relate to this, the tendency to almost fight it and be like, no, 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 no. I want this comfort comfortable thing that I've been used right. to. Yeah, yeah. Whereas loss of control yeah. is scary. So how do you how do you keep from blowing it up and going to Mexico? <laughs> uh that's a good question. I drink a lot of margaritas anyway, so you know. <laughs> Um, I was talking about margaritas I, earlier today, but yeah, well, good. Yeah. It's one of my favorite topics of conversation. So, um, <laughs> you can feel free to bring it up at any time. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think honestly, you know, art is, is the way that you sort of hash out those feelings and, and deal mm -hmm. with that stuff. And, and I do, you know, I don't have to, um, 
like I don't have to go to Mexico to have a party because yeah, I'm, I'm getting to do things like play shows and, and, you know, stuff like that, which is my favorite thing in the world. Um, and it is, you know, just a party that you actually get paid for sometimes and people show up and enjoy it. And, you know, it, it satisfies a lot of itches for me creatively and, uh, even just like physically energetically getting up on stage and putting on that performance of being up there and stuff like that. Uh, I love it. So I think that definitely helps. And, you know, other things, family. Uh, I have a wife who's, who helps keep me sane and mm. not, um, uh, you know, do all of the crazy things that I probably would pop into my head first. And, um, Oh, dog. That's great. You yeah. know, you ever looked at a dog? Yeah. I got, I got one at my feet right now. Yes. I've got, I've got two and same. I mean, my partner in life and my dogs keep, I mean, seriously, like when the, all of this, this change that I'm talking about happened, believe me, if I didn't have the the three of them, uh, yeah, I'd be on a plane to Mexico. Probably. I seriously right. would probably be blowing up my life and headed there, but having that grounding of, you know, something that's, that's more important to me than, than, than right. whatever it is that I'm dealing with. And also something that is, uh, that helps me to keep that sense of purpose, right? Like sure. that, yeah. that purpose rather it's, than it's, just running away from this challenge. It's a driver. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Art being sort of a, the thing that this, this is a great segue into a question that I wanted to ask a little bit later, but let's get into it. Art being sort of the way you're processing things. I listened to this record when I first got it. I listened to it one time through, grabbed me instantly. There are some highlights that I want to talk about later, but immediately I was like, this is a great record. It's, I don't, sir, I'm not sure it surprised me sonically necessarily having listened to Ottoman Turks so much, but uh, it's definitely sonically quite different from your work with your band Ottoman Turks. So, right. Um, can you talk about like, you know, which itches that those, those two outlets scratch in terms of, especially as we think about how you're in your words, sort of hashing things out through art. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was just talking to somebody about this, um, but it just has kind of become more evident over the years, like what songs are Turk songs and what songs are, are not. And I can't control the way they come out of me, you know, like I can't, yeah. I'm not like sitting down and like, I'm going to write a Turk song. Yeah. I might be thinking like this, I'll play some cool, like rock and riff. And obviously that would go into probably a Turks thing, but um, like the lyrical content and all that stuff that, that comes out just sort of comes as it comes. Um, and it's become easier over the years to figure out like, okay, this seems like something that Turks would have a blast um, performing yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it, that's part of why it's taken me so long to put out a solo record while we've been doing Turks all, all this while. Um, it's because that was such a focus for me for so long that all of these songs were like slowly pile. I mean, I think I went through 50 different songs, like literally, um, with John Pettigo who produced the record, uh, to try and whittle it down to the, the. 16 that we recorded or something like that. And then, you know, obviously further from there to get the 10 that are on the record. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think um, there are just, it's, it's enough 
I think for me to do just one or the other, but why not do it all if you can? I like the slow stuff and I like the the rock and fast stuff like Turks and all that. Just so, as much as the other. Okay, so do I. And and I and so I, I'm I'm curious about your work with John on whittling that down because you know, one of the, the things that almost immediately jumped out to me was that this record is the right length. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to, I don't know why. I, 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 I'm not sure what the science is behind that or, or whatever. Sometimes right. a record will be 16 songs and I'm like, cool. That was, yeah. I, I could have done four more or whatever. Right. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, it's five songs and I need more. And f- this feels like the right amount of songs. And I'm good. sure those, was... the, I'm sure there's more good stuff that you left on the cutting room floor, but I'm curious about that process. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I, this is something to, I'm going to keep make well, you don't, make a, a a record in a vacuum or whatever you know it takes a village i guess is kind of the thing and sure. and so uh this was something that was put into my head especially by um trey johnson who was the uh, co-founder of state fair records who's putting out the record and they put out the two turks records so when we were putting the first turks record together he was like we helping us sort of dig through this you know lifetime of the band worth of songs to uh but he was adamant that you tell the best story that you possibly can for the first record. And that might be different than what you even want to release. It might sound a little different, I think, than what you could put out uh, based on what you have at hand. But what tells the, the the best story of of this new artist, you know, for people to experience it for the first time. And so that's how I tried to think of this record as well, because, you know, people might know Turks or they might not. Um, mm-hmm. And then they certainly might if they are aware of Turks they might be aware of the fact that I have other songs or that I'm associated with Turks um but chances are they haven't ever heard my name so I want to give it this um you know first artist treatment sort of thing and it I mean it took a long time (laughs) to whittle down all the songs as much as as we did and you know there's some stuff that was on there there was one song that was on there um it's a song called write a song that was literally on the record until almost the last day to make that decision, you know, and then we swapped it out for something else just, and then traded some songs from side A to side B, just the sequence. I mean, we were really debating this for a really long time. So I'm glad that you think the length is good that, cause that is something that matters to me a lot. I think it's just right. And you know, I, I think, and I know that can't be easy because these are, you know, these songs, you put so much into them They're they become yeah. this, uh, you know, something that you have an emotional connection to and you've put time and effort into. And I know that process isn't, um, you know, isn't easy. And and so I, that process I'm curious about 250 songs is a lot of songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, are well, you constantly writing? I wish I could say I was, I mean, the, you know, as I get older and more responsibilities and, and, and um, yeah, just more stuff to do, I find less time because I always write best when it's me by myself. Hmm. Um, so I can just try whatever weird thing pops into my head, you know, hmm. um, which I could do with others around, but it just feels less free. You know, you, you're always got that in the back of your head. Like what, what are they, uh, what's their opinion of whatever I'm doing? Right. Uh, which is not the ideal way to create something. Um, yeah. And I never find myself alone these days, <laughs> you know? So uh, um, I do have to engineer it a little bit more and things have just been so nuts with the album release. But I found this, you know, like with the Turks records too, like anytime you get into that cycle, 
you're just kind of constantly either a keeping friends and family obligations and, and, and stuff happy, uh, you know, trying to keep your life on track, I guess, buying groceries and cooking food and stuff like that. And then all the rest of it is devoted to trying to push this product out in the world. Cause if nobody hears it, you know, uh, you, you spend a lot of money for nothing. Dude, that, I mean, today, like, and I, I'm feeling like I was feeling earlier kind of, um, sluggish and like, mm -hmm. just, and it didn't make any sense. I haven't had a, I haven't had a drink in two and a half weeks. I've been exercising every day. I'm going to bed early. I'm eating well. All the things, that you're, All the to things do. Yeah, you're supposed right. to do, right? I'm reading constantly since I'm nice. sober and working out, like go yeah. figure. Then I end up, you know, reading and doing all these productive things. But today, <laughs> for whatever reason, dude, I just did not have it. And I think, and I, I don't know if this is going to sound corny or if this is real, but I really think it's because I have these projects that I, these creative projects that I need to work on. Yep. And even though my schedule is somewhat flexible right now, I'm hustling so much to do all these things and kind of get right. more, get my life in line that I'm, I'm letting those things fall by the wayside. So I have these like half finished projects yeah. all over the place that I'm excited to work on and haven't worked on. And I really think it's affecting me physically. Right. Yeah. I know that feeling well, honestly, um, it's tough, but you know, you'll get there. Right. So I mean, for sure. And and I think tonight I'm just going to set aside time to do it. Right. I'm just going to have to be like, Hey, yeah. I need to set, like, it's, this is these kinds this of conversations. Oh, exactly. And these kind of conversations always, always inspire me and get me going. So yeah. like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get to it. So what is that? How do you structure your life in order to make sure that you, with all these responsibilities, with, you know, life getting in the way, the cooking and the cleaning and the, all the things that, right. that take us away. How, how do you structure your life to make sure that you're getting that stuff done that you need to get done? Creative. Uh, poorly, I think is probably <laughs> the answer. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I think that's my honest answer. Uh, just trying to do the best I can. And some weeks, you know, you're on top of everything and you got the energy for it and you're, you know, moving from one thing to the next. And some weeks uh, I find myself forgetting or missing the opportunity to do a lot of the things that I even need to do. But mm. um, I don't know. Then you just roll into the next one and see what happens. I don't know that that's a good, that's sort of my outlook on life in general, <laughs> very laid back uh, approach, which sometimes is great and yeah. sometimes absolutely not. So, yeah, I, I, I could use a little more of that and have been working on it. I think there's something to be said for that, right? Like the, I was just listening to somebody talk about, the Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, yeah. Super Bowl champ legend. And uh, and they were talking about how he just is so unflappable, how he just seems to just nothing seems to bother that yeah. motherfucker. And I was like, I got to get some of that in me. Yeah. So, you <laughs> right. know, like that is it's so uh, watching that show uh, on Netflix quarterback and and it, you you get to see like this dude really is not phased by things um and and his he's got this huge spotlight on him and i, I don't have right. anybody watching me and yeah. I, you know like nobody, nobody's paying attention and and yet uh everything seems so serious so i like that attitude a lot i so i, I want to go back in time a little bit yeah. um because in my research i uncovered the existence of turk's mansion and uh, yes. <laughs> uh, i'm nice. curious i'm curious about this uh this uh, place and this time in your life. It yeah. sounds like uh, some things I can relate to. 
Yeah. I mean, man, uh, it was the best of times. It was the worst. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we loved it. So yeah, it's, it's this, it was a 1930 something, uh, Tudor style house in college or Brian tech technically, um, basically texas a&m where me and billy and paul from turks were all going to school mm -hmm. uh and yeah so we all lived there i mean i guess it was like two and a half years together something like that um and they threw a lot of parties i m got married very young like okay. i was a month into being 21 or 22 rather um and so was my wife's 22 as well at the time and so um we were newlyweds living in this, you know, sort of bachelor pad with the my bandmates. And so you can imagine like hijinks ensue. We played wiffle ball in the front yard and uh um you know, I mean, tried to cook things. Billy bought an air or not an air fryer, a fryer, like an actual basket fryer. Mm -hmm. So we tried to fry just about everything we possibly could. Um, you know. Yeah, you name it, probably went on there. Oh, and it was supposedly haunted. I never actually saw anything or heard anything, but everybody else who lived in that house did. So my oh, sister moved in at one point. Like we, there were multiple generations of different other guests that stayed there. So, okay, that's interesting since there's like one of the things that there's sort of this Southern Gothic kind of feel to some of the tunes on the new record. And yeah, so I'm wondering why the ghosts didn't visit you. It seems like they would. You know, I feel like I invite it. I, I love that sort of thing. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Do, do you believe in ghosts? Well, again, having never encountered them, it's yeah. hard to say yes. But having listened to a lot of stories of encounters, it does seem like there is something out there. Or I'm open to it, I should say, I guess, you know? Yeah. And then that's, that's where... Robert O'Keen and Lyle Lovett were roommates, yeah. right? And Hell played yeah. on the porch mm -hmm. and all that. Yeah, there's yep. something something special there going on, it sounds like. I, you know, I'd love to be included in the same sentence as them. So yeah, right? sure. <laughs> <laughs> so are you writing back then? Are you guys like yeah, are, yeah. are you 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 playing in are you did you have a band? Was was it the Turks? Like what does that look like in terms of music? Yeah, Turks was definitely a thing. I mean, we were like in full swing of trying to figure out who we were as a band, like, um, you know, sort of uh, going from this has been a fun hobby, like high school garage band to we kind of really love this and want to figure out how to do it more seriously. We just added Joshua Ray Walker to the band uh, around that time. Okay. And so he was sort of coming out of his shell as a songwriter too and stuff. And so we're all just sort of doing it together. And more often than not, we were just messing around, um, you know, not making much progress, but we did like, we tried, um, it was sorry, our man. second. Let me, let me, let me get these dogs to stop. I'm so sorry. No, you're totally fine. I get it. Nonsense. Dog is hey. So sorry, man. No, you're totally fine. Really? Um, so Josh, oh, yeah. Josh had joined the band. Right. And we, uh, during that time, we had, we made our second attempt at recording um, probably our most, what was supposed to be our most serious attempt at recording songs. Um, mm -hmm. Recorded an EP up in Denton called Texas Toast. Oh. And uh, it had some of those, I mean, I guess we put out all those songs now, but like Glass Bottles was on there and um, 
all, all stuff that we put out on this, the two records later on. Uh, but everything was slow. It was our first time really like trying to do it in the studio, you know, for real. And uh, at least when we weren't like teenagers in high school. Um, and so it didn't really stick, but you know, it got us eventually to where we are now. So. Well, since you brought up Josh, I'm Joshua Ray Walker. I'm such a fan of his and he's been on the show and nice. uh, yeah. f- folks listening will remember the, uh, Mike Harmeyer episode of the marinade where Josh, uh, helped calm me down when I was having a panic attack outside of Will's pub here in Orlando. Um, what can you talk about? He co-produced this record, if I'm not mistaken. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about working with him? He's such a talent and is such a, just an amazing songwriter in his own right. Can you talk about like your creative relationship and, uh, with Joshua Ray Walker? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. I, I was just talking about this earlier with Billy. Um, you know, we, I think it was a very beneficial relationship for all of us to be friends. Um, as we were developing this, you know, sort of idea that we could be songwriters or like that was a thing you could be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it was that sort of healthy competition that really drove, you know, somebody would write just a, a, a banger and then you'd be like, well, I can't let them outdo me. And so it was like oh, nice. motivating. Uh, and it really worked for us. I think, you know, I, yeah. I think that's less the case now just because as we have like careers or whatever, we're just sort of doing it and not really like sending stuff back and forth, but we should probably oh. bring it back. Cause it was good for us for sure. Interesting. Um, but yeah, and and he's just sort of had always been around my music and my um, even my solo stuff, and so when it came time to record, he wanted to be uh, part of the process and just sort of give his two cents on what song choices, what you know, uh, editing choices as far as like you know, this verse should stay, this verse should go, move the bridge to earlier, et cetera, that kind of thing, and mm. so we did a lot of that in the studio. Well, let's dive in a little bit to into some of these songs. There, there are a couple of things that I want to talk about. One is we we sort of discuss that um, the overall th- themes of the record at the outset, and and one of the things that jumped out to me on the second or third listen, and the more I listen, it comes through even stronger. Is that you open with a song that's very. Um, heavy in a lot of ways as i hear it is a lot of like bigger existential kind of questions and then the album is bookended with um a more sort of idealistic more um almost whimsical view of existence as i hear it and i'm I'm curious about that though that juxt that like that the bookending of the record like that in terms of was that an intentional sequencing? And um, those two songs are standouts. And I'm, I'm curious about their positions uh, in the record. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks, because you really did listen to the record. I, I really <laughs> mean it. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, yeah, man. You know, I definitely put this out there and wondered if anyone would like it, because I really didn't have much of a, uh, you know, um, focal point, I guess, for this solo music. So, yeah. Uh, I'm glad we've got one at least. Um, <laughs> and, and after people listen to this, you'll have like four at least. Hey, I mean, sure, right? I'll take it. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, no, that was a conscious thing. I mean, I think, you know, it's trying to tell this story or, or this is what I was attempting to do. Um, the, you know, Beulah Land, the first track is about losing a friendship or like a friendship falling apart, having a falling out and just the turmoil, you know, that that sort of causes um, that's so unique or specific. Um, mm. And then, of course, you know, obviously it's sort of comparing it to death or whatever and saying, yeah, um, and and that sort of represents the shift that's happening in this narrator's life where he starts okay like if i've lost this then he takes a look at everything else and isn't isn't feeling it with anything else uh and and then goes to mexico and stuff like that but then yeah. through that he's fighting with his both current uh um i guess what do you call it like very real present um, demons that are hap like with him in Mexico, you know, the trouble he gets into, let's say, and then also looking back at what he left behind and sort of going through all of that. And hopefully if you really do the work and you um, are honest with yourself about all of the things, then you can emerge with a different sort of viewpoint. And so, you know, he returns to Texas where he's from and starts looking at things in a different light, I guess it's kind of the idea. Man, okay. So now I'm thinking about the whole thing differently because I think when I I didn't when I when I f was consuming the 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 record and listening to the first song especially in Beulah Land I'm I'm thinking not necessarily about a relationship specifically like when I listened to it I heard a a much bigger broader question about what this whole fucking thing is right, right? like that's how and, but and i guess that's still there it's just yeah. that th through the lens of the narrator dealing with that loss right yeah i mean it's like it's sung sort of directly to someone but it is definitely questioning like what the whole point of it is you know um, yeah which i mean in my experience oftentimes things like that can have you questioning like what you know what even is the point so yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, th I think those things can, those questions, unfortunately for me are ever present, but they, yeah, they, well, they, I mean... they definitely come up more so in, in two, two, two ways, two scenarios. One is when I just have nothing to do, mm -hmm. right. Which is rare, but the times when I just have nothing going on, not, not a good thing, right. Like yeah, then right. I'm really deep into those questions or, when those kind of big life moments happen and yeah. I have time to process them. I think in the moment, most of us, you know, rise to the occasion. And then once you sort of get on the other side of it, then it's like, Oh shit. And now what? Yeah. Well, um, yes. You know, sure. I just went through that. I, I just went through, I've been going through so much with my, with my parents and with my career and stuff. And yeah. I finally got to like a, a, a moment of sort of plateau mm -hmm. and, um, and I live with generalized anxiety, as I just alluded to earlier, but I, I, for the most part, know how to control it. You know, like I know right. what to do with therapy. Crazy. As you said, you live with it. So, you know, you, you... exactly, exactly. So you got to, right. You figure right. it out, you, you learn these skills and you, and you practice those skills and you figure it out. Well, I just, I lost control of it. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I realize now that I'm on the other side of that losing of control that it, what was happening was I just hadn't dealt with it. Cause I was in the shit. Right. 
and yeah, I couldn't, right. I couldn't, didn't have time to have a panic attack. Right. Like I, yeah. I was in the shit and then all and of a builds. sudden, yeah, it builds. And then when it exploded, it exploded big. Can you, can you talk about, uh, I think my favorite song on the record, which changes depending on my mood and when I'm listening to it, but taken for a ride, I think is my favorite song on the record. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it feels very confessional, um, yeah. especially like in the, in the chorus, can you talk about that song specifically? Very, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it is a very personal song, you know, directly ripped from the pages. Um, and uh, it's funny, like the chorus. It's one of those songs, the rare instances where it sort of just came all at once. At least as far as the chorus uh, goes, I was actually like on a plane, and you know, when you're sitting on a plane you find those moments where you have nothing to do, you know, like I, I'm yeah. always a, a stickler for turning off my phone, cell phone when they tell me to and stuff like that. So you're like, yeah. people are still getting on or whatever. And you're just sitting there with nothing to do. And sometimes I like music will come to me in those moments. Mm -hmm. um, and that was definitely one. And I wrote it down, you know, the, I'm a coward, I'm a loser. And there were things going on at the time, obviously to inspire that and, and sort of um, put those thoughts in my head, uh, dealing juggling multiple relationships uh it was another time of like you know change and, and movement and stuff like that and so you know and sometimes i think it is it therapeutic to just put out the um to, to get all the neg negativity out you know right like yeah it's obviously the i'm not just like that uh right down on myself all the time but sometimes right. you know and it's good to just sort of acknowledge it so that's what the song's attempting to do um and it's an apology song you know it's uh yeah there's a lot going on there there's a lot going on there <laughs> it's uh i mean and that's i think why why it stands out to me in in a in a, a song a record full of standouts it it stands out especially to me because there is a lot going on there and it is so uh it, it's it really lays lays you bare there right it's really kind yeah. of stripped to the bone and um and it just kind of you know every time i hear it i'm just like god we've all because we've all been there and and i think in in different ways i think that thing about the airplane doesn't get said enough like and i strive to try to recreate those kinds of situations in uh, on the ground <laughs> we're yeah, like right. you know because i'm the same i i end up writing so much on an airplane and reading yeah. so much i don't want to watch some fucking will ferrell movie i love will ferrell yeah. but i don't want to watch some right. fucking will ferrell movie on a tiny screen or whatever i'm not going to download a tv show on my phone no right. <laughs> I, I don't even want to listen to a podcast i listen to podcasts all the time um yeah. sometimes i'll have some music that i want to listen to but it only in in serving the fact that i finally have this moment where i have yeah. to be unplugged and i can just a unique situation yeah it's nice right yeah no doubt and i think there's something inspiring about flying through the air like what a bizarre True. thing that is too oh yeah um i tend to do some of my best reading and writing in those those spaces new you uh is another um song that really hits me um and, and so I'm curious about that one as well. Uh, that's another just really gorgeous song that um, is incredibly um, it, it, 
it paints the picture so beautifully. I love when there's imagery like now I see you uh, now. Now I often see you at 3 a.m. and you're smoking those cigarettes, impossibly small and impossibly thin alone on the concrete step. Just such a powerful couple of lines there okay. and just a beautiful song in general. Can, can you talk about that Appreciate one it. as well? Yeah, yeah um, that's that's kind of an older one. Uh, and we actually this recording of it came from a recording that we made like two years ago, like pre pandemic. Um, it was my first attempt to make solo music um, with but with John Pettigo and a, a different band. So these different guys from the rest of the record that you hear on this one. Um, but okay. weirdly, I think it kind of gels pretty well. Yeah. Um, and it was great to finally put this out because we've all been sitting on it. They've been sitting on it, you know, um, for so long. Uh, but yeah, it's a song. I mean, it's another slice of life um, taken directly from events and, and people um, that were transpiring, um, I guess, a few years back at this point. But um, I, originally I called it uh, Friend Zone the Musical because it's supposed it's from the perspective of Really, I kind of wrote it about one of my friends, um, what I perceived his sort of him going through. Um, and then, you know, with a mutual friend of ours. So uh, we shall remain nameless, though, because sure, sure. just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't know if they ever figured it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've always sort of loved that song. It is one of those that came together in a way that... Um, the music and the lyrics like are, are so perfectly intertwined. I think, you know, man. And we sat and talked over beer and cake about our friendship and where you'd been. Now there's a storm rolling right across the lake, but you're home in bed with him. Just man. It's so good. This like, <laughs> well, thank you. Really great writing throughout uh, this record. And, and those two songs especially made me want to keep uh, pulling them back and, and listen to them again and reading the lyrics. Cause they're just, just really well done, man. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hearing you read it, you know, I, that song definitely transports me right back to that place. You know, it's, it's very, I remember that party, you know? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, and I remember that party, even though my party was different from your party. Right. right. And that's why yeah. these songs, that's the beauty of it. It's the beauty of it. Those all the great songs do that. And, and that's why these songs are so, you know, are, hit so hard and, and you, cause they're just so easy to connect to cause you paint these pictures so beautifully and, and you have such a way with, with words and, and with the, the melody as well. Um, Thanks, man. dude, we, this has been such a pleasure. We usually end on what you're getting down on. So I can't believe this time flew by, but the, uh, the art that has you inspired at the moment, it could be music you're listening to. It could be a film you've been watching book you've been reading. Okay. That's fun. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I, we actually just got to go to, um, we were in New York city for a couple of days, nice. um, and went to the Met, which is like, you know, the, the ultimate place, um, for art and, yeah. uh, never have enough time or never leave enough time. Notoriously late. I am anyway. Uh -huh. Um, but it also closes at five. So it's like, you know, you don't have that much time to begin with, but, um, we did, we like, I, my wife and I, we love paintings, um, for some reason that's just becomes like a hobby that we picked up. There's a really great museum here in Dallas um, that uh, I think we went to with some friends and uh, figured out that we just really loved it. Like taking photos of it, talking about it afterwards, which one's your favorite? Why'd you like this one and stuff like that? So we went nice. the other day 
and we're trying to make our it's massive you know and winding like a labyrinth and so we're trying to make our way to these paintings that we're trying to see and there's this exhibit with um uh it's like a big um black and white photographs in there like a sort of sidestep you have to go into this other room and at first glance i'm like this looks like you know 80s rock band photography or something which would be cool but you know not really what i'm in the mood for what i'm like going uh to the met to see and let me look up this guy yeah yeah nice Let's see because i ended up loving it it was really fascinating yeah okay and he might i mean everyone might know about him but i'd never heard of him before so richard okay. avedon okay i don't know he was he was a, a fashion and portrait photographer but they had i guess it's in the museum's collection and they were doing a special exhibit of it he did these like massive uh i guess he called them murals because they're just huge like you know 15 20 feet tall and super long uh wide format photography and he did one of like um the uh andy warhol's uh factory and the people oh, there cool. um, uh -huh, in like 69 uh -huh. and then he actually took a photo one of the, on the opposing wall they had the photo of um that he took of the mission council so the guys that were leading the war in vietnam in 1971 mm. somehow he got like permission he had like a couple minutes to shoot them and stuff like that and uh i don't know it's just reading the stories behind the photos, how he took them, why he took them, and then looking at the photos themselves. It was really compelling for some reason. I was I was pretty surprised at how much I liked it. And there were That's others awesome. in there as well. But yeah. That's awesome. I love that answer. Thank you for that. And thank you for thank you for all of this, man. From a dark corner. Oh, thank you so much. Gorgeous record. And like this has been such a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm I'm really excited for folks to get to hear this record. And um, you know, I, I just again have had so much fun listening to it. I really appreciate you. Dude, seriously, it means the world to me. So thank you so much. And good luck with all of your transitory things, you know? I'm thank sure you. Thank you. Um, I'll be all right. I always am. Good. <laughs> Glad <to hear laughs> all right. All right. Well, thanks, man. Until thank next you. time. All right. Sounds good. Take care. Nathan Mongol Wells, y'all. Thank you so much, Mongol. Thank all of you for listening. MongolWells.com for all things Nathan Mongol Wells, including this beautiful signed color vinyl of the new record that they have for sale over there. MarinadePodcast.com for all things The Marinade. Follow us, y'all, on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Spoutable, Threads, Twitter, uh, we're back for another go at Mastodon. You can find us in so many places, and we love interacting with folks on the interwebs. Subscribe and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. Tell a friend about the show. These are all free ways to support the marinade. Go do that right now while you're listening, please. It makes a big difference for us and costs so little of your time and effort. If you really like what we're doing and can swing it, please consider joining our Patreon community, y'all, for just $2 a month. You can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content. Things like our show, Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into the process of making the marinade. Y'all, you can now try Patreon for free. A free trial. See if you like it. 
no pressure. Try it for seven days. Set a reminder on your phone in case you really want to cancel. And keep going if you can swing it and you dig it. We have this monthly show called What We're Getting Down On. It's a conversation between me and my good friend Peter Haroldson. We're going to record another one tomorrow, and I have so much to talk about. Also, check out our show Inner Child, where I ask our guests childlike questions such as favorite food, TV show, etc. If you want to support the show financially, but you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription, I totally get that, y'all. You can Venmo or PayPal. It's just at the marinade. Now would be a great time to do that. All the money goes right back into the making of the show. And this week... That means heading to Asheville, North Carolina to cover AVL Fest, which has some incredible artists, folks like Watch House, Willie Carlisle, and Sarah Shook and the Disarmers, some of which maybe we're going to interview. Maybe we're in the works. We'll see. Maybe you'll, I tell you what, join the Patreon. I'll spill all the beans over on Patreon about who we may or may not be lined up to talk with. Sound cool? Above all, we are thankful that you listen and spread the word about the marinade. Until next time. Go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.